welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour uh, that is been happening at this uh, particular platform for over two years. We have over 200 shows archived, and each week we bring you different guests that work with the mind, the body, and the spirit. We bring musicians that uh, do spiritual music that opens the mind, the body, and the spirit. You know, we have everything from yoga to acupuncture to meditation, different authors, um, and this is courtesy of Spirit Seeker Magazine that has been published for 15 years as of uh, the most recent issue, which is the September issue. And uh, you can read the magazine online at www.spiritseeker.com. We are distributed as a print magazine in Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, and Columbia, Missouri. We are read online by people internationally and nationally. The radio show has helped us continue to grow our readership, and I just want to thank all of our advertisers, all of our writers, all of our contributors, all the different people uh, that we have worked with in the last 15 years that have you know, made this possible. All right, so this issue of Spirit Seeker, I'm going to mention some of the articles. Uh, there is an article about Kripala Yoga, uh, September is National Yoga Month. There's also yoga is more than an exercise. There is the article, The Mood Food Connection, Enjoy Your Food, a whole book by Denise Lynn and her daughter, um, oh, and I'm drawing a blank on her name, but the two of them have co-authored this book, and it is a whole different look at food um, that you will enjoy. Her name is Autumn, I think, and, um, and we will be bringing several chapters of that book to you each month because you know, Denise Lynn is just uh, an amazing woman, and she and her daughter are changing the way people look at food, and they're offering cooking classes, etc. The other thing is, is that we have an article, The Highly Sensitive Person, How to Thrive When the World Overwhelms You, and then also Redefining the Peace Moment. So, or the peace movement. So all of that. And then there is information about the guests that I am about to bring on. And uh, my guest this evening is Julia Cameron. And I first heard about Julia Cameron in 1992. And I could not find her book anywhere in St. Louis. And I just knew I had to have it. And this is the book called The Artist's Way. And I thought, I know. I, you know, I was going away on a month-long intensive training where I was living in Connecticut, away from my children for a month, away from everything that I knew in the six-day-a-week processing, um, you know, workshop to do the work that I do, which uh, at that time was bringing seminars and um, deep spiritual growth seminars to people, and we had to be processed ourselves and really move through our own things. So when I arrived in Woodbury, Connecticut, I said, where is your bookstore? And I found it, and there was Julia Cameron's book. So I did the morning pages faithfully for that month. Everyone in the house, it was a, you know, I rented a room in a house with six other people. We were all, like, going deeply. They all knew that until I had completed my morning pages, there was no talking to Cindy Meyer. So they all acknowledged that we would nod when we were in the kitchen getting coffee or tea. But until I had done my morning pages, that was the routine. And it was life-changing, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. So can you tell there's a little emotion? So, Julia, please welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to be here. Okay. You have written over 30 books, fiction yes. and nonfiction. 
you know, I learned a lot about you preparing for this interview. Uh, your life has been a journey, as all of us, you know, we all have our journey. But you have helped people in so many ways. I I just did not realize. And you grew up in Libertyville, which I used to live in Mundelein when and when I was, you know, in the early 1970s. Which, of course, Libertyville was the big shopping mall place. Uh huh. Do you remember that? I mean, that was it was built in the early 70s. I went to high school in Mundelein. It's oh, so High School for Girls. Oh, my gosh. And my girlfriend lived on the lake, you know, her family. So, you know, this big lake in Libertyville. So I, or Mundelein, rather. So I grew, you know, I, I know the area. And when I saw that you live there, you know, for the listeners, you're like, where the heck is Libertyville? And Mundelein is 40 miles north of Chicago in this beautiful, really quite beautiful, pristine area. And um, it's five miles west of Lake Michigan. And, I mean, it's just really a beautiful area. So, Julia, you started off with The Artist's Way. How did that book come to be? Well, it's an interesting story. I was teaching The Artist's Way course uh, for about ten years uh, and there was no book. I was the book. Uh, and I met a man uh, who was a very gifted writer, but he was blocked. And I said to him, would you, would you like to take a creativity course with me and see if we can unblock you? And he said, where's the book? Oh, how fabulous. I, I, said, I said, I am the book. And he said, I go to Northwestern Graduate School, and everybody there can afford to have a book, and you need to make a book of this. It would help a lot of people. So I began writing the book at him, thinking, what does that jerk need to have unblocked this week? Oh, how funny. And, uh, no, no, this I is Mark Ryan. I subsequently married him. That's even funnier. So you totally had this whole karmic destiny thing. Well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> well, you know, when 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 things are meant to be, things line up. So you you were helping him remove his writers or, or his whole block with writing. And right, and he has subsequently gone on to write several books. So I would well, say I was successful at unblocking him. Uh, yes. And the the result of trying to unblock him and a, f- a few other people, I I thought I was writing the book uh, just to me and my friends. Uh, and now, of course, it sold four million books. So there were many more people who were able to resonate to the book than I thought when I wrote it. Well, and you have followers globally and you know you teach workshops you you've written so many other books you know and you know i did not uh realize that um you had written a book on losing weight with writing can you can you that's the is that the one let's see what's the name of that one i have it just right here in front of me is that the writing diet yes so Let's just hear how the artist way, though. When you here, you are scribing it to this man, trying to not trying, helping him remove his writer's block, and in the process, this whole creative thing happens. 1992, you know, I mean, that was just a phenomenal year, and here we are. It's 2012. There are still 
groups all over that read your book, that have study groups, and you have this new project, Julia Cameron Live, uh, at juliacameronlive.com. Now, listeners, we're going to hear about all kinds of things front end, and then we will take your your calls because I know some of you have already emailed. You have questions. When we get to that point in the show, we are not doing readings tonight. Cindy Meyer's psychic cat is is not being used in that way. But Julia Cameron will answer your questions, um, and when we get to that point, I'll I'll give you the the you know the the code word. So, but in the meantime, I just want to talk uh, talk more about the book and how I mean, how did this change your life? I mean, to go from coaching people to all of a sudden you're like this huge, huge like household word, word really. Well, it was terrifying. Okay, uh, I. I was happy that the book was catching on, and I felt that people could form circles and do the work together. Uh, and I uh, was—I would get a letter. I'm with the State Department in Switzerland, uh, or I live in the outback, uh, and uh, your book has helped me to get sober. Um, and I was afraid that if I became famous as a teacher, I wouldn't be able to make my art, that it would be overwhelming. So I ran away to England and wrote a musical. And that did a lot for my self-worth. So you used it in a whole different way. Yes. That's why Spirit Seeker interviews musicians, too, because it's all part of the creative process. And so here you are. Now you're living in in Europe doing a musical. Right. And uh, I I had been brought up that I was not musical. I come from a very musical family, and I was sort of singled out as the one who wasn't musical. But when I got to Europe and began writing music, I realized there was this whole other passion of mine that had had been squelched. And um, this is one of the reasons that I love morning pages, because when I was writing my morning pages, they said to me that I would start writing radiant songs. And I thought, oh, sure. I'm 45 years old. If I were musical, I'd know it. But sure enough, within two weeks, I began to be flooded with music. Uh, and uh, so I, I'm a great believer that we we have a much higher ceiling for our creativity than we know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and this is the, the for the listeners. If you're not familiar with the morning pages, um, it's I, I alluded to them, but you know, Julia, can will you will you please share a little bit more? Because one of the exercises is remember a time when someone made fun of you for your you know for your artistic endeavors, like music, you know, when you drew a picture or something. But if you would be kind enough to explain to the listeners, in case you know, I mean, I'm sure we have new people because people are constantly discovering this book. Well. Morning pages are three pages of longhand morning writing about absolutely anything. Uh, I think of them as being a very potent form of meditation for Westerners. 
that's a very good way to describe it. And there's a shopping trip that you do to buy your perfect journal. Um, Suggest that That's something that people have invented. Oh, I thought that was part of it. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, but, I, but the three... I pa- tell people, write anything eight and a half by 11. Okay. And you cannot really do it on a computer. It's supposed to be long, you know, handwritten. Well, it's an interesting thing. You know, most of us can go much faster on a computer. Uh, and it's a little bit like uh, your race, if you're doing it by computer... You're in a car doing 85 miles an hour, and you go, oh, oh my God, was that my exit? And if you do them by hand, they're more slow and considered, and it's as if you're in a car doing 50, and you go, oh, here comes my exit. Oh, there's a convenience store. How wonderful. Right. So doing them by hand gets you... uh, in touch with deeper parts of yourself. Well, and you were coming to St. Louis, Missouri. Yes. The the dates on uh, this workshop are Friday evening, October 5th from 7 to 10, Saturday all day from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and on Sunday, October 7th, 10 a.m. to noon. And can you tell us just a little bit about what uh, what people can expect from this wonderful weekend workshop with you? Well, I think they can expect to start digging into their own creativity. Uh, and I find that when I teach a, a weekend workshop, it's very intense, uh, and it's very inspirational for people. So they will go through um, looking at their past demons, uh, they're looking at their current dreams, looking at what they want their future to be like, and they'll be given tools which will allow them to move into the direction they really want. So this is a very deep workshop. I can hear it already. Well, we hope so. <laughs> and, you know, are you are you teaching a lot? Or I just have this feeling that we're very fortunate to have you coming to St. Louis right now. Well, I teach it every Sunday at Unity Church. Uh, and I I love teaching. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, I don't know that uh, seven till ten sounds like uh, a little bit late uh, on Friday night. It might be better if we were did seven to nine, so that people could sleep before they came in for Saturday's session. Okay, I just I just went with um, the ad, and you know, uh, listeners, there is an article about Julia Cameron's workshop in St. Louis in the September issue of Spirit Seeker magazine, and you can see the uh, ad on page ten and the article. Uh, or I said it backwards. The article on page ten and the ad on page eleven. So all of the information is in the September issue of Spirit Seeker, um, and for information, you can contact. Uh, Stacy at three one four nine six five six one three three. So Julia, getting back to your new your newest project, Julia Cameron Live. What is it? What is what is happening with this? Because I just signed up for your um, your blog 
or I think that's what it was. You have a newsletter that you offer, and then you have the new project. Well, I don't know how new it is, but Julia Cameron Live. Um, can you tell the listeners about all of this? Well, one of the things that I realized is that I love to teach, but people can't always afford to come to Santa Fe for 12 weeks yes. to study with me. And so uh, Emma Lively, who is my collaborator, suggested that I should teach out of my living room just the way I had at the very beginning uh, 20 years ago. So um, we brought cameras in, and I taught the artist's way a, a segment at a time in sort of uh, bite-sized chunks, if you will, so that people uh, could study at their own pace. Uh, they could look at uh, look at the online show uh, at breakfast, or maybe they would get around to it at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and the object of it was to to teach the book with the experience added of the 20 years that I've taught since I wrote the book. Wow. So all of this is at your website, uh, juliacameronlive.com, and that's J-U-L-I-A-C-A-M-E-R-O-N-L-I-V-E.com. And, you know, you are going to be amazed when you hit this website. I mean, Julia, I never, I did not realize until preparing for this interview that you have written 30 books, fiction and nonfiction. You know, you're a novelist. You're a playwright. You're a songwriter. You're a poet. You're a teacher. You're an inspirer. And I really like how um, a quote from you is, artists have always mentored. I just do it on a wider scale. Yes, and I feel that way really strongly. Well, I mean, you've just given us all a gift. So, listeners, we will now take uh, as many call-ins as we can. Um, just all you have to do is press 1 on your phone, and uh, my producer will uh, let me know that there is a person with a uh, question. And I do – do we have a uh, – Nate, if we have a question right now, I think we uh, – just go ahead and bring them on, but just um, just let me know, and we'll take as many questions as we can. So um, the other thing is, is, as Julia was, you know, describing, you know, the way she teaches the the classes from her living room, these segments that have been uh, created. This is the beautiful talk a part about Blog Talk Radio. Um, the minute this interview is finished, it will be archived, and you, you know, we have. We have actually way more listens after hours, um, depending on the show, but we get stats every week. So I just really want to remind everyone that all they have to do is send people to spiritseeker.com, click on the blog talk link at the top, and then you can have you know your friends and family listen to this interview as well. Okay, so um, Julia, with, with everything that's changed since 1992, and here we are in 2012, and, you know, in 1992, we still, you know, the, the yes, we had the, you know, the S trainings and all that stuff that happened, you know, you know, back in the day, so to speak. And then in 1992, it just felt like there was like an expansion with more and more books, and you know, now with technology, like here you are live from your living room, and people can, you know, have the intimacy of your teachings in a whole new way, you know, and you're still on the road, 
you know, doing this, leaving Santa Fe, coming to the Midwest, and just really giving us a treat. What do you feel the biggest shift in conscious awareness? Like, you know, you probably have all different ages in your workshops. What What are you seeing that has changed significantly since 1992? Well, I want to say nothing. <laughs> um, I think that uh, there's a hunger for creative expansion, and that when I wrote the book in 1992, it it tapped a vein, uh, and people uh, began to work with the tools and form groups. And now I'm teaching, and it's 20 years later, and people are still coming with their hopes and their dreams and their blocks. Uh, so. Uh, I think uh I think the internet uh has actually helped many people to start writing. Uh email is uh it's not quote real writing so people feel free to do it. Uh and I think when I get them writing longhand uh they be- they begin to to have an awakening. Uh, I think of it as people are building a spiritual radio kit, and with the morning pages they're sending, they're sort of saying to the universe, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I want more of, this is what I want less of. Uh, and then uh, another tool is something called an artist date, which is a once-a-week solo festive expedition to do something that interests you or enchants you. And I forgot about this part. Just If you would share some of the things that people have shared with you about what their artist state looks like. I mean, I forgot this piece, but this is fabulous. Well, people will come to me and they'll say, I want to get a pedicure. Is that an artist state? And I'll say, probably so. Uh, I want to go see the Folk Art Museum. Is that an art estate? Yes, probably so. Uh, I'm I'm going to go poking into galleries. Is that an art estate? Yes, probably so. I want to go sit under a tree and just listen for an hour. Is that an art estate? Yes, probably so. Uh, it's whatever is enchanting or interesting to you yourself. When I lived in Manhattan, uh, I used to go to a travel bookstore. uh, And you you would walk in and you would just feel the enchantment of foreign lands. Uh, It was a bookstore called The Complete Traveler. Uh, And I found uh, that I got a book there on Magellan and I ended up writing an entire musical about him. I mean, and this came from your morning pages. Well, there there are three basic tools. The first one is morning pages, and that's hard work, and people are all too willing to do it because we understand working on our creativity. It's much harder to get people to go out and play and do the artist date, and I say to them, we have the expression, the play of ideas, That's a literal term, but people don't think that having fun uh, 
can engender ideas, and yet it does enormously. And then the third tool, which when I wrote The Artist's Way, I put it in week 12, and now I put it in week 1, and that is go for a 20-minute walk twice a week, and that will help you to integrate the insights that you're getting. You know that that month-long training that I mentioned at the beginning um, of the interview, uh, I'll never forget, we were in Jiminy Peak, Massachusetts this one weekend of the training, and we we were assigned, uh, we were we had to be, we were given the instructions to be in silence from Saturday at 10 o'clock until uh, after breakfast the next morning, which was a designated time where we all came together and there was like 200 of us. We were, we were an assignment that I give people every every time I teach. Well, and so we, but but with this roommate that we really did not know, we before we went to breakfast, we were to take a, a 20 minute walk, just like you described, in nature, in silence, with this person. Like you know, you could tap them and point to a bird or tap them, or but there was no talking, and then total silence in the um, in the breakfast room. It was it was one of the most powerful things I've ever done. So in the silence and in the using all of the senses, which is what you're, you you know, you're encouraging with everything that, you know, with your exercises, I mean, this is life-changing. Well, I find that people cure their depressions. Uh, a lot of times when people are blocked, uh, they're sad. Uh, they They feel that they aren't fully living their life. They have an, an instinct that there's something more uh, to living than what they're doing. And then when you start taking them with morning pages, artist dates, and walks, people begin to wake up. Uh, and then you give them a night of silence. Or another tool which is very powerful, uh, and I'll mention it even though I know it's controversial, and that's a tool called media deprivation. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I ask people to stop reading, to stop listening to talk radio, to to stop watching television, to put themselves into the silence uh, of of their own creativity, and people hate it. They're like, oh, my God, Julia, I can't do that. I'm addicted to reading. I read myself to sleep every night. And I say, well, for one week, you're not going to do that. You're going to write yourself to sleep at night if you need to. Uh, And people come back after a week of doing this, and they, they go, I was so fascinated by my own thinking, I had no idea I was so interesting. You know, I can remember, you know, my children are now in their late, well, 26, 24, and um, soon to be 25, and and 14. But I can remember the the older two, there was this Berenstein Bear book where you put away the TV for a week. There was just no TV for a week, and you went outside and you played. And, you know, I remember my children saying, no, TV, let's do it, Mom. And, And, you know, I've never been a big TV watcher anyway, so... But it was fascinating what came to fill the space that normally had just been mindless, you know, like 
hours would pass or whatever. And well, but we're, I ne- we're addicted yeah. to other people's opinions and other people's versions of our story. Uh, and so when we do the media deprivation, we're sort of cast back onto ourselves. You know, I'm a feng shui consultant, and, you know, one of the exercises um, that is recommended in, oh, my gosh, Simple Abundance is where, you know, they suggest that you take every picture off of your walls, every knick-knack off of your tables, and you just live in total, like, the blankness for 30 days. And then, you know, you look at your space again after 30 days, and you look at your stuff, and you really think, do I really want to put that back in the same place. And, you know, I remember feng shuiing a client's house who had lived in the same apartment for nine years and she was doing a complete makeover. We were working as a team with an interior designer and, you know, and I was doing the feng shui component. And I remember her saying, well, should I leave? And and the apartment complex was painting the walls. And she said, should I leave the nails in the in the same spots uh, when the painters come? And I said, well, why would you do that? Well, so I know where to put my pictures. I said, you're getting all new everything in this space. I said, the last thing you would want is to put your stuff back in the same place because then it's going to see feel exactly the same. I said, that's what the whole exercise and the whole creative process is about. And, you know, I'd forgotten that whole thing until I went to my cousin's house, who's this amazing artist. And she had her same, you know, she moves her things around, but she took all of her pictures down except for like maybe four pictures. And I said, what? are you doing? And she said, I'm getting ready to create. And she said, I needed blank space around me to bring that creative creative process to me. And she says, I'm working in clay. And she said, I've been working in oil. And she said, in order to start sculpting, I need more space around me to work in that medium. And I was just, I mean, at first it was just like, where's my favorite picture? And then I realized that even artists, you know, I mean, especially artists, I think, have to find that quiet space, like whether it's, you know, internally and externally is, is you know, is what you're, with with all of your exercises, you're going internal, external, changing the rhythm, changing the patterns. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful process, Julia, and I'm I'm just so grateful to you, and I know you've just changed lives, but... I don't know. It's just fascinating, isn't it, how changing one little thing can just open up whole doorways. Well, I last year wrote a book called The Prosperous Heart. I wrote it with Emma Lively. Uh, And uh, in it, there's an exercise on decluttering. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Would you like to share that with us? I mean, I'm a big one for letting stuff go. Well... The idea was you start out with a with a plastic trash bag and you walk through your house for 15 minutes and you declutter. Uh, and people are amazed at how much clutter they have and how 15 minutes of cleanup uh, can start them on a path towards uh, a more radical cleanup. We covered that book in Spirit Seeker, um, but I uh, normally I get a review copy. I forgot, but I remember seeing that. I forget. I forget who the publisher was, but somehow or another, it came across my my screen. And um, yes, it's Tarcher Penguin Putnam. Yes, yes, yes. I, I and I don't even know how. You know, we work with publishers all across um, 
the USA and internationally, a lot of the authors just don't have a uh, an entry into the U.S., and so we're working more and more with Canadian and European authors. Um, but some of the other books, uh, you know, that you have written, you know, I, you know, the um, Walking in This World, I did not know that you had the loss. And, and if you want to talk about this, fine. And if, if, I mean, I had a brother who committed suicide, and I thought, okay, this is, I mean, I know what our family's journey was with it. I mean, that's not the same as a son. Um, but you wrote about this, and I, I did. I was not familiar with this book. Would you like to share with our listeners about this? Well, I'm not sure what your question is. I guess the question is, you shared your experience, and then you also gave inspirational lessons about grief and loss. So is this a, is it writing exercises once again to help people get in touch with their grief and loss? Well, one of the reasons that we call them morning pages is that we can make a joke about spelling it two different ways. Okay, I forgot this too. And they are, in fact, morning pages. Uh, and people find... Uh, that their grief moves up and out through their hand. That makes sense. So this is another book, um, Walking in This World. And uh, the another one that you wrote is called Vein of Gold, where... Um, this is like is this it sounds sounded like your a journey to your creative heart which expands on um the different experiences that you've had um if you want to touch on anything just jump in and then i i but i am interested in the writing diet you know because i remember Sandra Ray this friend of mine years ago who wrote um the only diet there is and she said forgiveness and getting this stuff out of you and I have not read this book, but it's on my list to seek and find. Is is that what you did? Is like writing about what you're holding on to, which is the emotional weight? Yes, exactly. That's what I figured when I read that. The emotional weight, you start to release your physical weight. See, one of the things that happens when I teach is I often tease people and say we should do Polaroids before and after, because people look physically so different, uh, you begin to realize that the term enlightenment uh, is a literal term. People uh, people take on a sort of glow as they begin to get in touch with their creativity. Well, and... You know, it's the it's you know the 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 clearing. You know, I don't even know how to explain it. But what you're describing is just the um, well, it's not just that's minimizing it. Once you start to get the things up and out, and then you see it, I think I think that it just makes it lighter inside. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's what my cousin was, you know, just saying is that I'm familiar with all these and they've been my friends, but in order to create something new, I I need to go into the void, you know, and I think that's the scariest part for people is walking into the void, you know, and that's what changing routines does is it takes you out of the normal structure and creates a new rhythm. Well, and I think think that the Artist's Way book is a very gentle mentor. 
uh, and it it says, I'm going to give you a few simple tools, and if you just work with these tools, uh, you're going to have a spiritual awakening. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, in Hatha Yoga, you stretch uh, and energy flows through you. Uh, it's the same thing with the artist's way. You do a few simple tools, you do a few tasks every week, and as you move into your creativity, energy begins to move through you. That's a good analogy. That's an amazing analogy. Um, you know, it's interesting, The one of the, the guests that I interviewed for National Yoga Month, um, which is this month, last week, was uh, she had a lady come to her studio who'd had hip surgery, and she came to strengthen her hip. And what what she said is that not only did yoga strengthen her hip, but it changed the way she rode her horse. It changed the way she looked, you know, at life. I mean, it was just exactly what you're talking about, these energy flows, everything. You know, she came seeking pain relief, and the next thing you know, her whole life had shifted. Right. Well, people come to me and they say, your book changed my life. And I say, no, you changed your life. Uh, but it's always the same sentence. It's always, your book changed my life. Well, when I read your book in 1992, what I didn't share front end, but now I feel drawn to share, is that I was going through a divorce. And I had my divorce scheduled, my court date, right in the middle of that month. And so your morning pages, doing the morning pages every single day, before I started that intense training and then flying back and getting divorced in the middle of that month and then leaving my children and going back to this program because, you know, I couldn't do the work that I was doing at the time unless I took this month-long program. People from all over the world. And everybody knew about my morning pages. <laughs> they knew because they, I carried your book around. I carried, you know, they all knew in the household that, you know, Cindy Meyer doesn't talk in the morning. And they and they saw the shift in me. I mean, there were so many, you know, shifts that, that, that month. But, you know, starting starting your book at that particular point, I mean, there was just, you know, there was just no accident that there I found that the very first day I arrived in this little tiny town, you know, and, and, you know, I would take those walks and I would find babbling brooks and just, it was just this fascinating time. And then I went to New York City one weekend and I took myself on an outing. I went to Boston and I would just find creative mediums wherever I would go. I mean, it was just all part of that journey. Now I want to find my. I have one of your, um, one of the oversized uh, books, and I tried to find, you know, the coffee table edition, <laughs> the beautiful one with the ribbon in it, and I, I, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. So that's one of my things on my seek and find. Um, I will find where that book has gone to because, you know, I loved your, love, love your book and loved it so well that I had, you know, my, my paperback was just. Um, you know, pretty beaten up. So I, I gave myself that as a gift, and I someone has moved it to a wrong spot. But, you know, here you are, you know, 1992, here we are, 2012, and I, I, I must say I just loved your answer. Nothing's changed. We all still have, you know, we're all wanting to be better, you know, better people and contribute to the planet, but the whole thing is still, the process is still the same, you know, and, I mean, and the music part, I mean, do you still... Do you still work with the music at all, or are you just so busy with everything else? Well, what I've done is take piano lessons. Oh, fascinating. I've written three musicals and two children's albums. 
uh, and uh, but I never knew how to play the piano, uh, and so I've started taking piano lessons, uh, and I've I've finished book one, and I'm tiptoeing into book two. Now these are the children's music books, or what are what are these music? What are what are you talking the about? The music Bo- books are children's music books, teaching little fingers to play. Okay. And I'm teaching my little fingers to play. That's fabulous. That's on my bucket list. I have this piano that sits in my living room. My son took lessons for ten years. And then, I don't know, he broke his wrist, and we never went back to it. And the piano's sitting there, and I look at it, and that's always been on my list, to learn how to play the piano. And so you, you've you done it. Well, it was on my list. <laughs> and I think uh, the thing that happened with teaching is that you you teach unblocking and you become unblocked yourself. So, uh, you know, when I... When I think of that I've written a crime novel and published that, I've written a short story collection and published that, I've written a, a romantic comedy and published that, uh, all of these things are gifts of teaching. Fabulous. Just fabulous. So what's still on your bucket list here? With I, your creativity. Let's hear I have a play opening in New York this year, uh, and that's on my list. Now, what is the play? It's called Love in the DMV. Wow. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? It's it's the story of a husband in Vietnam and his wife left alone with their two children in Kansas. This is going to bring back a lot of memories for people in a in a in a way that you know that was one of the wars that you know it was actually the first war as we both know when people came home and it just wasn't the same we used to cheer our veterans that was that was Vietnam was this thing that no one wanted to talk about right that should be fabulous okay i mean not fabulous but you know what i mean it will just help a lot of people with healing to remember and and bring back you know different memories in a lot of different ways so that's that's wonderful and and new york i mean broadway i mean that's fabulous not broadway off broadway off i'm sorry i knew i knew that but chances are it'll probably come to chicago st louis does not get you know, Chicago gets so much, you know, and there's a there's a friend of mine who writes everything about what's happening in Chicago and um but New York City, I mean, what a place to start. Right. That's that's fabulous. Okay, and what else do you think about like, you know, cuz you're inspiring us. I mean, you're inspiring me. I mean, I kept looking at that piano recently and I thought, am I too old? I'm not too old, but do I have time and will I be devoted? It takes 20 minutes a day. Seriously, that's all you... That's like meditation. There you go. Right. 20 minutes a day. Okay. All right. You know, Julia, you were just fabulous. And um, I'm just going to remind listeners that um, Julia will be coming to the Midwest. 
you know, Spirit Seeker is throughout the whole Midwest, and uh, the she will be here on Friday evening, October 5th, all day Saturday, October 6th, and on October 7th from 10 until noon. Uh, the workshop is going to be held at the Frontenac Hilton in St. Louis. Um, we're in, and this class is limited to um, 100 people, and if you are wanting, not wanting, not if you are, to register, here is the phone number, 314-965-6133. And this is brought to you by Stacy Hunziger, who is the publisher of Yoga and Spa Magazine in St. Louis. And, you know, Stacy's done a lot for the St. Louis community with, you know, really, you know, going the extra, you know, extra mile to bring different seminars to St. Louis. Um, she has the uh, the Extraordinary Speaker Series um, through the Yoga and Spa magazine and um, you know, just call her. There's different, you know, you know. I, I, I'm not sure if you need to come all weekend or if you need to just come on Friday evening, but um, I'm not sure. But call uh, call um, Stacy and she can answer all of those questions. Um, you know, we have just a few more minutes, Julia. And you know, you've written so many other books. Is there another one that you would like to share with our readers? Or do you, you know, this is your time, and you know, you're helping all of us. So, whatever you would like to, you know, we only have about ten more minutes. Whatever you would like to share with our listeners. Well, I'd like people to try and get a copy of my book, Mozart's Ghost. It's a romantic comedy, uh, and. Uh, it it sort of delves into uh, spiritual waters. Mozart's ghost. Okay, so can you tell us just a little bit more? Well, it's a woman who is a, a spiritualist, uh, a medium, and... Uh, she falls in love with a concert pianist, but she's afraid to let him know her secret life. Oh, that I, I the spiritualists, you know, there's a there's in Indiana. I don't know if you've ever heard of Camp Chesterfield. That was my first introduction to spiritualists. There's a fifth spiritualist church, you know, in St. Louis, and there are spiritualists. Um, they're all they're all over, and that's where I first saw uh, a woman read billets, you know, as a clairvoyant, and this was a campus. So, you know, where everybody on the campus that lived there was a psychic medium in some way doing doing spirits work. And I bet this is a fabulous book. Now I want to read this one, too. Yes, I think you'll like it. <laughs> Mozart's Ghosts. Mozart's Ghosts. It's published by St. Martin's Press. Okay. All right. I need to um, – we can put some of these in Spirit Seeker. I, you know, I – I'll do more for you. I just didn't realize, I just didn't realize um, until this interview all the different things that you have done. And, you know, we have readers all over, so we'll we'll help in any way that we can. Um, you know, I, I belong to a writer's, uh, it's like a, I haven't been in a while. I broke my leg in January, and I'm just now, um, it's just taken a while to get back to everything. But there is this, there's this group that is called Shut Up and Write. And I, I, that's what I, it's kind of you know a harsh harsh line, but what what we do is we all chip in and rent this conference room and it's once a month where everybody chips in, and you get there and you say hello to everybody and then no one talks the rest of the time until lunch, 
and then we leave at lunch, lunch, and we can talk at lunch, and then we come back, and everybody writes. It's like I've written so much, so much for you know Spirit Seeker, like you know for the websites for the different projects we've done, and you know that's that's all we can do during that time is write. And I, you know, I don't know why that's they came up with so it. It wonderful. is good. And it is, and it's like all these creative minds all together. Um, so it's just really inspirational. Okay, we do uh, have Stacy Hunziker who um, is waiting to come on to the line and talk for a moment. So, Stacy, um, are you there? I'm here. Okay, Hi, great. Stacey. Hi, Julia. Hi, Cindy. Hi. I know hey, we um, only have a few minutes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. But no, uh, can you clarify? Can they come on Friday evening only, or do is it a Friday evening all day Saturday? Um, and then Sunday it morning? is a weekend workshop. Okay. Um, and uh, it is now uh, the it's three hundred twenty five dollars for the entire weekend, and it will be at the uh, Frontenac Hilton right at Highway Forty in Lindbergh. Uh, so very accessible, and anyone coming from out of town can, you know, book a room there. And uh, or if you're if you live in St. Louis, book a room anyway, and just you know make it you know a sacred weekend for yourself with Julia Cameron. And I just I didn't get to hear the whole show. Did anybody bring up the Prosperous Heart book and how fantastic it is? Oh, we talked. thank you. Yes, we did. And if you, you want know, to add something, got, you can. I just got a big box. Delivered oh, to my front door and good. opened up the big cardboard well, box. Well, I know there are several groups uh, going on in St. Louis that are working through the Prosperous Heart. I have been doing it on my patio in the mornings uh, just by myself, and it's just wonderful, 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 wonderful. I think I'm in Chapter 7 on forgiveness, working through my the exercises in the back. So really well, great. I opened the cardboard box, and in it were two awards that the Prosperous Heart had won for Book of the Year from a group called the Visionary Awards. Oh, wow, that's great. That's fabulous. So I was very pleased that that the book was finding its way. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. So we're really thrilled that you're coming to St. Louis, October 5th, 6th, and 7th. And Emma is coming also? Yes, that's right. That's great. Yeah, Emma travels with me when I teach, uh, and we work together on musicals. That, that has to be so lovely, to to be able to travel and have the inter, interchange of ideas and, you know, to have the play on Broadway, so you co-created that together? No, the play was was myself. But okay. Emma's the one who took it to the producer, uh, and she wow. found the home for it. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, this has just been a treat. And, you know, Stacey, uh, I don't know if you were on. I, you know, I thank you for all that you're doing for the Midwest, um, for St. Louis with your with your magazine, with the, you know, the different speakers you're bringing in. I mean, what a treat to have Julia Cameron in St. Louis. I mean, it's just it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> it's really yes, great. it is. It is. And you know, I I shared before. You know, earlier, I just had no idea that, you know, you know, there were so many books that you've written, and then you know, you, with your love of music, and 
Oh, just et cetera. So this is just great. And, you know, Stacey, I know I gave the phone number, 314-965-6133. Is there, um, is there anything else you want to mention on how you would like people to contact you? Uh, no, that is the way. Call me and we'll reserve your space for the weekend, and then we can help if you want to, uh, if anybody wants to have a hotel, uh, you know, a room there also to make it a, you know, just a really great weekend for yourself. I think even if you live in St. Louis, you know, book a room for the weekend, you know, really prepare to, you know, go deep in the weekend with Julia. Well, it sounds fascinating and it sounds wonderful. And, um, Julia, I thank you so much for being my guest this evening. And, oh, you're um, very welcome. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, you just inspired me in so many ways, and I'll be looking, you know, there's several of your books that I now want to go and seek and find. And um, just thank you so much for sharing all of the different ways that this book has helped so many. You might enjoy The Right to Write, which is a writing book. It sounds like you're in a wonderful position with this group of yours. The right to write. Now, I did not see that. Okay, now, um, this is... this is That's a, another Penguin Putnam book. Okay. All right. You know, it's so interesting with, um, with the accessibility of the Internet now. You know, there's just... You know, there's just it, everything's changing, and I I had a consultation with a person who's written you know a lot of different books, and she was actually a guest on my show, and then she you know I had a consultation with her, and she was saying that um, the new books I don't know if you've heard this you know she attends some conference in San Francisco each year, and she's you know she's she's now you know sixty five seventy right in that range, and she said that the first time she went she was so intimidated because even though she had written thirty books. When she came into the publishing world of today, she said everything is so different. She says with self-publishing, with the Internet, with online, with the video conferencing, with everything. And she said that the new books, the way that they will almost all, like, you know, with our Nook and Kindle, you know, that, you know, people, that's how they're getting a lot of their books now. She said that there will be video links. You know, like where you'll be, it's already done in other parts of the world where as you're reading along, it'll talk about an exercise, like one of the exercises that you've talked about. And then the next thing you know, there'll be a link to someone saying, yes, I did what Julia recommended, and I stopped reading my, you know, book before I went to sleep, and this is what happened. And it's like a new way. I mean, this is what they're saying, that publishing is going to be like now, because, um, you know, magazines are all going online. You know, Spirit Seeker's been online for almost uh, 12 of the 15 years that we've been published, which is pretty much ahead of the game for a lot of the magazines. But this is just the way it is. The, the 20 and 30 year olds rarely buy books anymore. They would rather pay and have it downloaded to their iPad. What do you think about all this? Well, I think we're in an exciting new era. <laughs> uh, and I think um, that people are finding. Uh, information to be more accessible. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I consider Google a miracle. Oh, I do too. Anything you want to find, there it is. I mean, that you know, the the school system where my 14-year-old attends, um, I was older when I had him, they are now allowing... I, uh, the smartphones and iPhones, they're doing a pilot test in, in the middle school and one of the high schools where they can have their phones in class because when they need to learn something, all they have to do is do the search. 
exactly what you're talking about, Google and everything. And, you know, they've been trying to keep these cell phones, you know, out of the schools, and it's just ridiculous because, you know, here we are driving in a car and we want to know something. Where do we go? Google. When you pull over. <laughs> no, when you have a kid in your car, if you say, you know, what's the blah, 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 or there's a conversation in the car, I mean, I all three of my kids, they go straight to their phones. I mean, encyclopedias, I remember, you know, I mean, I remember the family encyclopedias. So everything's just so different. You can't keep up with, you know, the technology and all the knowledge. But I agree, Julia, uh, Google was probably the greatest invention that anyone ever gave us. You know, outside of if we're going to really do do fun things with Pandora and, um, you know, now the Facebook, you know, Spotify. I mean, it's just like all of a sudden we're seeing into other people's lives, you know, like their music lists. You know, well, and, and Julia, and now we can get Julia live. Your <laughs> videos are up, Julia, right? Yeah, we talked yeah. about that earlier. You did? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Right, from her living room, which is where she started with this teaching process. So, so okay, Julia, we have one last words of wisdom. What would you like to say in closing from this, you know, wonderful time we've spent here tonight? Words of wisdom. I'd like to say get up in the morning about a half hour early and write three pages of longhand morning writing, and that will change your life. Amen. It changed mine. Eight and a half by 11. <laughs> Sheets of paper, I remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, you know, it's been a while, but I, I'm re-inspired, and I'm just delighted that you're coming to St. Louis. So, Stacy, thank you for all of your efforts and, you know, allowing us to have this privilege of Julia coming. And, Julia, thank you so much for being my guest this evening. You're very welcome. Okay. Okay. Good night, Hi, everyone. Julia. We'll be back next Tell week. Emma the same hi. Time. Okay. I will. Okay, okay. Good night, everyone. We'll be back next week, and I will be interviewing um, a person who has written a book on highly sensitive people. Her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron, and um, she will be teaching a workshop in the Chicago area. So if you have ever thought that, not thought, felt, it's really more of a feeling thing, that you are highly sensitive and you walk into rooms and are bombarded with, you know, feelings, Dr. Aaron addresses all of this, and um, so we're in for another delight next week. But send the link to this interview to your friends and family and let people know about her coming to the Midwest because this is just, you know, she's coming from Santa Fe and spending time with the Midwest. So thank you again, and I'll be back next week. Have a wonderful week. Namaste.